Welcome to Destiny Revival Ministries Sermon of the Week. Thank you for joining us. You can stay up to date through our social media or give from the link in the details. We hope this message blesses you. How many of you love Jesus this morning? Come on, thank you. Just wanted to make sure one more time. I want to just quickly read here. Um, uh, if you have your Bibles, you can if you want to go there in Ecclesiastes uh, chapter number 11. It says here, cast your bread on the surface of the waters, for you will find it after many days. Not maybe, not um, uh, within the realm of possibilities. It says, cast your bread upon the surface of the waters, for you will find it. Somebody say, I will find it. All right, some of you, some of you have given up hope and the Lord says, you're going to find it. It's coming. You've cast some. You've cast some. Some bread. You've cast some. Uh, some bread upon the waters, and it's coming back. Come on. And except that uh, maybe you sent out a slice. You know what I mean. You sent out a slice of that Evangeline loaf of bread. You put it out there. Come on, glory to God. How many of you know that's some good bread right there? Uh, I don't. I don't try to frequent it too too often. Otherwise, I would be larger than life. And I'm trying not to be that way, although you Cajuns just want to feed me. By the way, I've actually just made myself a bona fide Cajun myself. I just got here later than everybody else. Y'all ended up in Canada, then down from up north into this area. I just ended up going to the islands somewhere else at the same time. But I eventually got here, and that's all that matters. I'm Cajun, just like every one of y'all. Ça, c'est bon. Laissez les bons temps rouler. Amen. Mais oui, c'est bon. Okay, good. I can roll, y'all. All right. Don't come speak French because I'll speak French right back at you. All right. And then you won't know how to answer me. Thank you, Lord. I just spent more time being more French than some of you. That's all I'm saying. All right. Okay. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> uh, where am I going this morning? All right. So it says, divide your portion to seven or even eight for you do not know what misfortune may occur on the earth. How many of you know things happen? Somebody says stuff happens. All right, and then it says here, if the clouds are full, they pour out rain upon the earth, or whether the tree falls towards the south or towards the north, wherever the tree falls, there it lies. Some pretty amazing revelation right there. <laughs> he who watches the wind will not sow, and he who looks at the clouds will not reap. Just as you do not know the path of the wind and how the, the bones are formed in the womb of a pregnant woman, because it's supernatural, amen. So you do not know the activity of God who makes all things. So sow your seed in the morning and do not be idle in the evening, for you do not know whether the morning or the evening sowing seed will succeed or whether both of them alike will be good. So I just want to go ahead and say this. This is not like the, uh, the, 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 the whole portion of my message here this morning. But uh, I want you to just begin to, and I believe it's part of what was released here in the atmosphere this morning. The Lord is wanting us to contend with some of the things that He asked us to be obedient in, all right? And some of you have allowed the enemy to bring discouragement into your life like it's not going to happen, all right? So it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And I'm here to tell you prophetically that it's going to happen. Amen. It's going to happen. You know, it, it, God's, God's not forgotten your address. He knows where you are. The only one thing 
that He requires of you is to walk in a consistency of faith, believing that which He told you to do, uh, will, you will reap a reward of it because there's nothing that God asks you to do. And when you obey the command of the Lord, that on the other side of that obedience, there will not be a blessing that follows. It just, it's impossible. Are you with me? There is always, doesn't matter what, that, what the harvest looks like, there's gonna be an increase. There's gonna be a blessing. When you, uh, when, when you obey the command of the Lord, but we cannot walk in fear and say, well, I'm, I'm not gonna do this and I'm not gonna do that. We cannot allow fear to come in and we cannot be a people that are moved by the weather, so to speak. Come on. And, and it talking about the weather here, when we bring it into the times that we're living in, we can, we can relate that to what the media is bombarding at us or what life is trying to throw at us that, that, that begins to try to manipulate us into getting into fear. Because guess what? When you operate in fear and you end up doing nothing, then you will never ever see the possibilities of God being able to be made manifest in your life because you've given nothing to God to work with. Amen. Come on, somebody. Amen. Are you here for the week? Amen. Yeah. You're here? Okay, we're going to do coffee this week. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Sorry, I just set up a coffee appointment. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let me tell you, I love this man of God. He's a man full of faith. You know, if you want to get some faith and you're feeling discouraged, just go talk to him for about 30 seconds and you'll walk away. It's kind of like, you know, those charges, you've got the regular charges and then you've got the fast charges. He's like a fast charger. Just go in, hold his hand, just get plugged in for five minutes. You'll see, you'll get a supercharge of faith. I want to honour that. I mean, there's a supernatural faith on his life. I'm looking forward to, to spending some time with you. Praise God. So I want to say this, even for you, you don't know the outcome. You have no idea. It's there, but you don't know what that looks like. And you will never know until you step out. You'll never know. Because... In anything we do in life, how many of you realize when we're operating in business, there's risks. There's no guarantees on anything. All right? That's why, you know, if, if, you, if you've got your hands working, that something is going to bring a return. Are you with me? Cast your bread upon the waters, for after many days it will return. And so the, really the, the, what I feel like is the spirit of wisdom for, for how I feel about this for you right now is... I really feel like at some point, you're gonna do it. Whether it's now or later, you're still gonna have to go through the same door. So you, you're just making the decision on whether you're gonna do it now or whether you're gonna do it later. Either way, at some point, you're gonna make that decision. So you're gonna have to go through that door, all right? You're gonna have to go through that door. So the better option is, I'd rather do it now than later, you know, all right? Because when you walk through the door and you begin to see what, can become of it, and you do it in five years from now instead of now, and you walk in this door right now, and then you see the abundance come, and you go, man, I'm so great, I'm glad I made that decision now. And we're not walking in the ifs and the buts, we go in with full faith. You're not going in to fail. You're not going in to fail. 
You're going in to be blessed. You're going in to succeed at what the Lord has made you a faithful steward over and you're good at what you do. You're anointed by God. So He's not going to leave you stranded. Are you with me? So, so there's that. You do it now or later, at some point you're going to have to do it. So, you know, you might as well take the plunge. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, I just wanted to help you with that. Glory to God. Yeah, and, and you can't look at the circumstances. You can't read this. This is actually for you. Ecclesiastes 11. You can't look at the trees. What happens if this? What happens? The variables are too many. The variables will keep you out. And so, you, yeah, exactly. So don't mess with the variables. Go with the faith of God. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Now, that can be a word for anybody here. That's just the spirit of wisdom talking. Amen. Praise God. Now, if you would, please go with me to the book of Acts, the fourth chapter. Um, I want to read here from Acts chapter 4 and verse 13. And um, just hold that place there. I uh, want to make sure that I am behaving myself on time this morning uh, for several reasons. Uh, won't get into that right now. But I want to first go ahead and say this. Somebody say, the spirit of generosity. Say it one more time. The spirit of generosity. Or say the anointing to give. All right. Now, so that we don't choke on something before we even get out of the gate, I want to help you. I am not talking about, remember, how many of you realise we're talking on the subject? Can, can we go ahead and get that scripture on the slide in the back behind me if we can, on Proverbs? If, if it's there. The, say this with me. The blessing of the Lord, the of the Lord makes, one makes one rich and He adds no sorrow with it. All right, so we're not talking about we're not talking about the blessing that we acquire in the arm of the flesh that will bring a lot of sorrow and heartache. That brings, come on, and I, I've spoken about this, so I don't want to elaborate on this too much, but the blessing there, the Barak, somebody say Barak. All right? B-R-A-K, B-A-R-A-K, the Barak, the blessing of God. So there is a blessing and that blessing includes, includes you prospering in your spirit, soul and body. And when it comes specifically to the soul, which is made up of your mind, your will and your emotions, God wants you to prosper and be blessed in your emotions. We can be up one day, down the next day, up one day, down the next day. Today I feel good, next week I don't feel good. And I want to encourage us just on this, because that is part of the blessing of the Lord. God, God redeemed you for the whole you. Amen? He made your spirit come alive. You were a new creation in Christ. But, but the progressive work of what took place in your spirit is manifesting now in your soul. So even though your spirit is perfectly holy, perfectly sanctified, is your, spirit, your spirit is perfect. Are you with me? Your soul is still, <laughs> your mind, come on, the mind, the will and the emotions are being renewed to what's taken place 
on the inside of you already. And the wholeness of the Barak of God is there for your spirit, soul and your body. Spirit, soul and your body. In your mind, your will and your emotions, God purchased your wholeness as a human being. Come on, as a child of God, a child of the King, He's, he's purchased every part of that for you and it's included in the finished work of Jesus for your life. It's included in there. And so why am I just harping here quickly on the emotions is that we cannot be governed by our feelings. I'm telling you right now, that is a big one. I find people, you know, I just look at the Facebook, uh, Facebook posts and we are, we are literally telling the world of everything that's going on in our lives all day. We're telling how much of a yo-yo we are every day. We are declaring what I feel. And, and without using the word feeling, we're actually saying how we're feeling in that post. I feel this. And I'm not saying you can't post how you feel and there's nothing wrong with being real. But listen, there's no, there's none. The other side of it isn't saying what but faith and what God is saying about it. Nobody loves me. Everybody hates me. I'm going to eat some worms. And then you're saved and everybody knows you're a Christian and maybe some secular people that know you. They don't want nothing to do with your Christianity. And this not I'm not negating the fact that we can be real. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying that we cannot be real, but we don't identify with feelings. We don't, because your feelings will lead, lead you into a hot mess. You are governed more by your emotions than you are allowing the Word of God to govern your life. Amen. This is what governs us. Not our feelings. Your feelings will tell you everything other than what the Word of God says about you. You cannot live out of the governance of your emotions. You reel it in. Take control. It's one of the fruits of the Spirit. Self-control. Amen? So that's part of part of the Barak of God, part of the blessing of the Lord. <clears throat> Beloved, I wish that you would prosper even as your soul prospers. So he's talking about even as your so even as your soul prospers, even as you can experience the Barak in your mind, your will, and your emotions, because it's the soul prosperity. But before that, I wish that you would prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. So the other side of the Barak of God is that God wants you to be blessed. In other words, enough to take care of your own roof and your family. And then the Bible says, a good father leaves an inheritance for his children's children. Now, I don't know about you, but you've got to be in a pretty blessed position to have an inheritance that goes forward beyond you two generations. Yeah, 
But no, we don't want to talk about this kind of stuff in church because, you know, we don't need any of that kind of stuff. Okay, so, all right, you enjoy poverty then. How many of you enjoy poverty in this room? I mean, you can wake up here. I'm so poor. Come on, I'm so poor, the cockroaches leave my house. They got together, had a board meeting and said, we've got to leave. There's no food in this house. I mean, you're so poor, the roaches leave your home. You know you're in bad shape if the roaches leave your home. If the roaches are still there, there's hope. Are you with me? But even at that, you know, you've got to start making a plan to get on board with the Barak of God so that He can supply you with what you need to get rid of the roach problem. Then you're telling the roaches to hit the road jack and don't come back no more, no more, no more. But that's on account of you have what you need to get rid of them. Are you with me? Thank you, Jesus. So God wants you to be God wants you to be blessed. I'm not I'm not trying to make this an elaborate. Um, I don't want to make this any. It, it just talking about it as it is, because we've got to talk about the elephant. Part of the anointing of my life is to talk about the elephant in the room. It's part of who I am. So I get to say some things that are a little bit hard sometimes, but I'm anointed to do it because just understand that when I'm talking about it, I'm not afraid to walk in talking about it because I know God's anointed me to walk in it. And so we can be on the other side of hearing this and either choose to be offended or we can choose to allow the Word of God to be, come on, the Bible says that God disciplines those that He loves. It's the chastisement of God. And the word chastising there in proper context, God is not opening up, He's not in a cane, you know, at His right hand are goodness forevermore and pleasures forevermore. And His left hand, He's cracking out a whip and hitting you on your head with it. He's not beating you with the stick with His left hand and caressing you with His right hand. His, his, his chastisement and His correction, there is actually one who trains up a child in the way that he should go. It's a child rearing, a somebody, a loving, come on, how many of you as loving mom and dad won't allow when you see your child going in with a, with a, a, a metal prong, you know, they found a piece of the, uh, the coat hanger, the, the, the metal piece came off that you, that you hook everything onto, they've got a metal piece, now they've got, they've got it by the round part and the, 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 the side that attaches to the actual hanger is sticking out, they go straight for the wall socket to the plug and they're about to push that sucker in there and you go, no, I think you should really learn a lesson. I think that your life will never be the same after this and I'm sure you will never do that. No, 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 you will run and say, no. Are you with me? But the mother and the father are doing that because they love their child. And God does this the same way. He loves us and He is instructing us and He is helping us to grow, to open up our minds because the spirit of religion has made our minds. We've become so narrow-minded when it comes to subjects like this that we can look through a keyhole with both eyes. It'll take 30 seconds, somebody will get it. 
That's pretty narrow-minded. So, so God loves you and He wants what's best for you. Amen. His Word says a good father leaves a blessing or an inheritance for his children's children. And I'm telling you, that's God's intention for you. In other words, He didn't say now, to some will be granted this portion. God didn't desire this blessing to be to one person above the other because He shows no partiality. We're not even talking about the calling of God, whether you call to full-time. Just as you came out of your mother's womb, that blessing applies to you like the person who came out their mother's womb right next to you. Just like the rain falls on the just and the unjust, so God has made this provision for the just and the unjust and those who choose to walk in that blessing, in the barak of heaven. Amen? Amen. So it's okay to begin to come to terms with where you're currently at and say, this is not God's best for me. And that means, it doesn't mean that I walk in guilt and condemnation because now you're insignificant because you're not, no, 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 no. You just begin to open up your mind. What is, why am I saying opening up your mind? Why? Because that's where the Word of God comes to renew. There's some stinking thinking that you've held on to that has held you captive, that has kept you in the place that you're in. And let me tell you right now, the river of offence is the river of deliverance. Sometimes the very thing you fight the most is the very thing God's trying to bring into your life to deliver you. There's nothing, there's nothing you know, uh, uh, the, the, uh, to take a vow of poverty and to say, now God loves you and God will be good to you because He's just gracious and He's kind. That's who He is. That's the goodness of God and His nature and character. But that does not mean that everything you are is all that there is. Amen? Amen. And I know that not everybody's called to, to, to you know, there's, there's some kingdom business people that are called to walk in those realms. I'm just talking for everybody, the portion allotted to every believer. I'm not saying that everybody needs to look like, who, uh, you know, uh, 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 Tesla, Elon Musk. I mean, I'm, I'm saying, you know, it's available to, to those, but there is, a, there is an unction for you to, to there's, there's something in you. There is, because remember, God has set eternity in, in, in our hearts from the beginning of time. So God puts desires on the inside of you. And I feel like some of you have had the desire to say, Lord, I know that this is not all that there is, but you've allowed life to keep you down. Well, my grandma was broke. I was broke. My grandma's grandma's grandma was broke. So I'm just going to be broke. We're going to be the broke family. We're just going to settle for the, just, we're just going to be broke, busted and disgusted. Amen. 
And I made a decision a long time ago. I made a decision a long time ago. And it's only up until recently, again, you know, sometimes when, when I feel like, hmm, when I feel like I'm not in that position, when I, when I feel like personally, I'm talking about personally, when I feel like, huh, hmm, all right, I, I feel like, you know, this, this thing's trying to put a grip on me and try to limit me, then I will go and I will start, whether it's financially God tells me to do something or whatever, maybe, maybe it's not there, maybe I don't have what I want to give right now, but bless God, I'm gonna find things and I'm gonna start, I'm gonna start emptying my house of things that are valuable to me. Well, I just wanna bless somebody with my car. Yeah, you don't want the car because it hardly functions and you wanna bless it with, you wanna give a car that hardly works to somebody else. That's not a blessing, you're giving them a curse. No, 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 I've seen that in the church. Well, I just wanna bless you with this car. But you know, you're probably, it's probably gonna take three, $4,000 to fix it up. Well then no, don't just keep it. Sell it for whatever it's worth and keep the money. Or sell it for whatever it's worth and then give them the money. But don't come and tell me you're blessing somebody. Come on, I've, there's a lot of that going on. That's like going to, in the old covenant, that's like on the day of atonement when they brought the offering, you came, you know, when the, when the priest would inspect the offering, which was the, the lamb that was about to become a sacrifice for that, ch- that child of God, for the ch- the, that, that, that Israelite, that he handed the priest a, 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 a ram with four legs missing and one eye. And say, so I just want to bless you, God. Thank you for everything you've given me. Here, he has a four leg, he has a, a, a legless lamb with one eye. That wouldn't have made the cut. All right, so don't kind of guise the blessing under something that you want to get rid of. It's a misery to you. We're trying to get rid of it. Now you're going to turn it into a Facebook blessing. Well, the Lord just led me, I'm on Facebook Live today. The Lord told me to give away my car and I just, you know, it's really a tough decision for me. I'm gonna go ahead. I, I really, and, and as I released it, I really felt the release of the Lord. No, no, you got rid of a burden that you were burdened with. I'm just kind of harping on something. Can you give me a break here, please, this morning? No, I mean, I, I, I go in and I find stuff. If it's not money that I can give, because I don't necessarily have that to, to, to do, unless God says, now I want you specifically, I will, I will start breaking myself free in the area of my giving so that heaven's flow begins to bust out like it needs to bust out. And I will go and give away things that are valuable to me. I bring my alabaster box. And I say, Lord, who do you want me to give this to? Are you with me? And this applies to anybody because you can teach what I'm teaching in the middle of Africa. Well, they don't have a lot of money there. I know, but the principles of God's work work no matter where you are. It's not a for a specific culture. The Word of God is for everybody. Amen. For them that have not and for them that have. 
Either which way. I don't care if you have to find a chicken and give away the beak of the chicken. You know what I mean? Tear a button off your shirt, put it in the offering. Tear a button off your shirt and give it to your brother that has, no, has a button missing on his shirt. I mean, I'm just saying, it, it's gotta, you gotta start somewhere. I'm standing on the foundation of what I am preaching to you today. I'm not gonna take much more time in. I still haven't got to Acts chapter four yet, but, but I'm, I'm, I'm standing on the principle. The found, I am here today because of the foundation of what I am preaching when I was, uh, let's see, uh, 21 years old and God put a desire in me to come to the United States of America. I remember I was in Kempton Park. So it's amazing how God speaks to you. And I was just having a, a, you know, probably 11 o'clock in the morning, daytime walk. It was, you know, probably nice, fresh morning, probably equivalent to this morning as we woke up. What a beautiful weather. Glory to God in Jesus' name. May it never hit 100 for another year in Jesus' name. I'm telling you, everybody I talk to, I'm just telling them how glad I am about the weather right now. Thank you, Jesus. Speaking it, I'm speaking that good weather. Hallelujah. Whew. It's a weather that you can function in, glory to God. So I remember 21 years old walking in Kempton Park on the street outside our house, and I was talking to the Lord about going to America. And now I don't really teach about asking God for signs because I don't believe in fleecing God. I'm not here to get into a, 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 uh, a debate on it. I'm just saying you know, that, that we can speak to God and He speaks to us. Amen. Of course, I was much younger in the things of the Lord. So I said, Lord, you, I need you to show me that you want me to go to America. And I was looking for a sign. So I looked up into the cloud and God's good. God's good because, you know, He meets you with where your heart's at. Yeah. That's why I'm saying, listen, like, like theologically, like, unless you, if you're preaching something that's taking people out of eternity, I will come and knock on your door and say, you need deliverance and help. Your doctrine is wacky, you know? But there's a lot of things that we can agree to disagree on. Those things, as long as it's not, it, 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 as long as it's got nothing to do with your eternal destination, then I have no problem with it. Or I shouldn't say I don't have a problem with it. I'll get over it. Because if we think that we're going to get everybody in the room to be robots all spewing out the same thing, it's going to take a very, very long time. So that doesn't really matter to me until we start developing leaders. Are you with me? So that we can have the same heart, same mind, same vision. That doesn't mean we're still robots. God has called you in your own anointing, but you carry the DNA of what the Lord is trying to do in a region. Amen? Amen? Come on. So anyway, I, I look into the cloud and I see this, this the cloud, <laughs> you know, it's kind of like I see a cloud the size of a man's hand and then the rain came after that uh, uh, with, with Elijah and his servant. But the point is I see a, a cloud in the sky in the shape of a man's hand with a finger pointing. So I'm like, okay, let me just stop right now. Let me take the direction. I took out my GPS and whatever. Wouldn't you know 
that cloud was pointing me to America. I said, glory to God. I'm just saying, okay, so this is not a doctrinal teaching this morning. So, so faith came in my heart and I started to believe the Lord. So, so a year later, and I'm frustrated because I feel like I need to go to America. I have nothing to get there with. So I'm like, okay, I'm just putting my hands. I'm working in full-time ministry, working on staff at a church. I told my pastor that's where I wanted to go. And uh, in fact, you know, that wasn't, he actually gave me an option. They were going to pay for me for everything to go to Jerry Savelle's Bible school. They were going to send me over to Jerry Savelle. And uh, this is not anything. I love Jerry Savelle's ministry. There's no buts and ifs. That just wasn't what the Lord had showed me. So it was the hardest thing in the world. And I almost settled. Not that it would have been settling. It would have still been good and God's word would have been poured into me. So please, this is not a negative. In no way, shape or form. I would like to say I love Dr. Jerry Savelle very much. Amen. Okay, good. If you don't like him, that's fine. That's not my problem. So, so anyway, a year later, nothing's happening. So I said to the Lord, I was in Johannesburg and I'm just kind of bringing the story to where it needs to go for today. I, I remember I said to the Lord, okay, well, Lord, nothing's working. I thought you wanted me to go to America. I've kind of given up on that dream because nothing's happening with it. And I'm having this conversation with the Lord. And I said, okay, well, it doesn't matter. Lord, I might have missed the boat thinking this finger was pointing to America. I already had the desire to go there in the first place, which was more than enough because he put the desire there. So I said, okay, well, I'm just gonna move to Cape Town. There's a great church over there that is connected with the church that I was on staff with. I'm just gonna go over there and help that pastor find out what the vision is and give my life to the furtherance of the vision of that church. I'm there to support the church. I didn't come, there was no agenda inside of me that said, I'm gonna go to that church and show them how anointed I am so they can follow my thing. Oh God, somebody, you know. And that's, that's, the way, that's the way, unfortunately, it is in a lot, of, a lot of places. You come in thinking that you're all that in a bag of chips. No, you're anointed of God. You are anointed of the Lord. But you're not coming to, you, you're, not, you're coming with your agenda. It's not a kingdom agenda. It's a, you're still in the flesh, building yourself up instead of dying to yourself so that you can bring the gift God's given you so that it can serve the bigger picture. That's why people with agendas don't last very long here. Because they know they're not gonna be able to do it, so they'll just have to take the exit door and go do it somewhere else. We're not, we're not, we're, we're, we're building something here for the long haul. And it's not Mickey Mouse Ministries, do whatever you want to do situation. And there's no control in that. It's called being faithful, a faithful steward to what God is leading us as a church to do with a people who are uh, without an agenda to come so that we can serve God's plan. Like I usually like to say this, you know, people say, well, that's very easy for you to say, you're the one in charge, so you're doing your vision. No, I'm not doing my vision. My vision didn't involve me coming to Lafayette, Louisiana. I had to die to myself to come to Lafayette, Louisiana. Not because, I mean, God put a love for me with the culture that's here. 
Are you with me? So please understand, I say that with, with all the context necessary, but, but before I put my foot here, I didn't want to come to Lafayette, Louisiana. God, send me to Hawaii, please. I mean, there's plenty of places that I would be prepared to suffer for Jesus. Maybe at Key West or, come on, send me to some remote island. Send me to the Bahamas, God. Yes, if you say Bahamas, I will go. Lord, I promise I will go. Yeah, I don't even need a sign from you, Lord. Just let, let just, just, you know, just let, let goosebumps appear on my goosebumps. I sense your presence right now. Let me look. Oh my goodness. Okay, that's it. We're going to the Bahamas. So I never, we never came to Lafayette, Louisiana because we chose Lafayette, Louisiana. God chose Lafayette, Louisiana for us. And we said, yes. So I usually like to say this, I never had the privilege of having whatever I wanted in my own flesh, which God knows better. And I've got to listen to what He wants for me is far better than what I want for myself. So I don't have the luxury of an agenda. Nobody else gets the luxury of an agenda. It is a luxury. Nobody else. I don't have the luxury. You don't have the luxury. Sorry. Moving right along. Yeah. No, that's why there's so much. And sorry, I know like I'm deviating here. It's like a rabbit. I'm on, I'm on a rabbit trail, but I know where I'm going here. That's why there's so much problems in the church because it's this church split after church split after church split because nobody's dying to themselves. And then besides the fact that some of the people running the show are not even called to do what they're putting the wrong shoes on and they won't, they won't stop what they're doing because there's money coming in. And while there's money coming in, they're gonna bless the Lord. They're gonna keep the thing open and they know they shouldn't be doing it. They know it. They're uncomfortable. They're miserable. But because there's money coming and they keep the doors open. This is not a, you know, like you can go to churchstaff.com and apply for a job. Like being a pastor or being in the ministry is not a, it's not a career move. It's a call. It's the call of God. These are holy things. Well, what did you believe God for? I mean, well, uh, you know, I really feel like I need to be a, be a doctor, but you know, being a pastor and maybe being an evangelist under a good church, you know, maybe that'll pay me really well. I mean, you have, all right, let me go back. So the Lord shows me this thing. I say, I'm going to go to Cape Town. And then uh, at, at, at the time that I went to Cape Town, a man of God from Tampa, Florida was doing a conference in, in, in Cape Town. I thought, well, what a good way to start my move to Cape Town. And by the way, all of my possessions at the age of 21 could fit in a sedan. Obviously, I didn't have a lot of possessions. I could fit my clothes in and a couple of things and I went there. But, but, okay, let me just back up here. What, what, how many, one act of obedience opens up one door to another thing as you begin to progress and follow the wind of God. And the one thing that did take place before that, I was sitting in a conference in Bryanston, South Africa, which is in Johannesburg, and I'm sitting in the meeting in the time of the offering. 
and the pastor's receiving the offering and the Holy Spirit moves on me. And there is an African pastor on the front row and the Lord says to me, I want you to take your CD Walkman, back when CD Walkmans were like the thing, you know, before that the regular cassette tape Walkmans were like, when you got the CD after the cassette tape, you were like, you were it. I mean, you were pretty cool. So I'm back in the day, you know. I'm back in the time of CD Walkmans. Now we've got these little tiny little MP3 players. We just stick some headphones in it. We don't even need wires. Now it's all Bluetooth. And we've got this little device that can probably hold 10,000 songs on it. And it's this size. And we just click play with a little digital screen. And now we can listen to music. I mean, how far we've come. I was watching a CSI program um, and they were talking. This is from early 2000. And April and I looked at each other. We said, wait, did they just say that? They were like, they came in and there was, they were trying to identify this case that was done over some uh, intelligence in, this, in, this, in the CSI program and they were talking about uh, Wi-Fi technology. And the guys in the CSI program were talking about how Wi-Fi works in early 2000. How many of you know what Wi-Fi is in the room? Okay. All right, we all know what Wi-Fi. But the point of the matter is it was in the early stages. All right? So anyway, God tells me, get your CD Walkman and your whatever, your boombox, is that what it is? Is that what we call them? Yep. It had two cassette players, a left and a right one, because you could put record on the one to record over whatever you wanted to record. And then I had my little CD, CD Walkman on top, of the, of, on top of my boombox. And I had my own little bedroom and it was my worship place. And I had a whole bunch of worship music and I'd listen to this worship music and weep. And I'm telling you, God, in, I'm just saying that was a season of my life that I remember and I can identify with so clearly because that was my all, it was my worship. It was my solitary place where I could go and meet with the King of Kings, have my alone time. And God says to me, go and give that. I saved up everything that I had to get that. And He said to me, when He said to me, give that away, He was saying, he was saying, give away, to me it was like, you're asking me to give away my worship. And I said, okay, Lord, I'll do it. I remember going back to my house the next day and getting that stereo, going all the way back to the meetings and then they're taking up the offering the next night and the power of God in the offering. The power of God hits me and I go back to the car. I thought, well, maybe God will change his mind. I'll just leave it in the car. <laughs> the anointing hits me and I go to my car. I get the stereo out and I'm walking down the middle of the aisle and I can hardly even walk. The glory is so strong on me. And I begin to weep and weep going down the aisle and I put the sacrifice that God gave me to give away and I put it at the feet of this African pastor. And that was one of the breakthroughs that happened in my life. So then I moved all the way, I moved all the way to Cape Town now, step a little bit forward, and I said, I'll go for the conference. And in the conference, God takes me to the top of this, it was in a stadium setting, uh, a smaller stadium that can maybe seat 8,000, still a good size. I was sitting at the top before the service, two hours before the service started and I was praying at the top and I heard the Lord. It wasn't like He said this, so please understand. I heard, the, I heard this voice say, be quiet. 
and it was heavy. It wasn't like harsh, but the Lord was telling me, be quiet. And I was quiet. And then he said, now look down. And then he began to point people out at the bottom. He said, you know what their story is, right? He picked the ones that I knew their story. He said, you know what their story is, right? I said, yes. He said, you know what their story is, right? And he told me all the things he showed me. And he was picking out the ones that had stories of the miraculous hand of God working for them. And then he spoke to me. He says, now, if I can do it for them, do you think I can do it for you? And I said, yes, Lord. He says, so do you, are you still trusting me to go to America? And I'm like, really? I've, I'm here to go to Cape Town to invest my life and help this pastor with the vision, which by the way, I knew it was the Lord because I picked the church and the church is like multiplied by 15 to 20 times. One of the largest ministries in South Africa right now. So I recognize the anointing and where to get connected with. They probably might have been just like we are right now when, the, when I was going there. Anyway, so I'm in there and I remember, I'm just gonna end off, Lord have mercy. Okay, Jesus help me. So I get there and then that that night I'm thinking, praise God, something's gonna happen. I'm going to America. Thank you, Jesus. And, but my mouth is quiet. I could not speak. The glory was so strong on me. I could not speak words out of my mouth for four hours, four hours during that entire service. I'm just sitting there focused on the Lord and the glory is so strong on me. I'm determined, I'm fully persuaded my breakthrough is coming tonight to go to America. I don't have what it needs. I had 3,000 rand in my personal bank account at that time, divide that by 10, that's $300 for all of you here in America. At the time it was 10 to one, now it's 18 to one. I know that I have not even close to what I need. So I know it's gotta happen miraculously. And I'm in there, so I go to bed that night and, and nothing happens. And I remember, I said to the Lord, man, I'm crazy. Either you spoke to me or I'm nuts. And I said to the Lord, okay, nevertheless, Lord, even if I missed you tonight and I thought you were talking to me, that's fine. I'm gonna redirect myself. I'm on track with the plan. So I go to the service the next morning and the Lord says to me, now take 2,000 out of your 3,000 and give it away to that man of God. And ah, now I'm struggling. I'm like, you want me to go to America? I need 21,000, I've got 3,000. And, and I'm not being cliche, you've probably heard other passages, but this is how it felt to me. So I'm like, basically the Lord was saying, what you have is not gonna get you there anyway, you might as well give it away. So I gave it to this pastor in the conference. I actually, I didn't have it on me because I had to go to the ATM, subtract the money out and I put on an envelope. I promised the Holy Spirit to give pastor so-and-so this amount of money. Why? Because I know that the enemy comes immediately to steal the word and I'm gonna put this on paper that I promised the Holy Spirit and I'm not gonna mess with the promise I make the Holy Spirit.
Oh, pastor, we're gonna do this and this. And when this comes in, we're gonna, we're gonna do this and we're gonna do that. I've heard that, I mean, I'd be a millionaire by, by the time if, if I, if, why? Because the enemy comes in immediately because when it comes in, suddenly greed comes in. Or your human reasoning comes in. So anyway, I, I mark it down. I go to the ATM, I give him the money. Do you know that within literally 60 seconds of me putting that money in his hands, the person behind me saw me getting up. They have no clue. It wasn't an envelope. It wasn't obvious what I was doing. It could have been a letter. It could have been a card. It could have been anything. I put it in this person's hand and then five rows behind me, as I'm sitting down, this man comes up to me and he says, sir, I don't know who you are. I don't even think you need any money, but I'm just telling you right now, God told me to give you this and I didn't wanna do it because you dress really nicely and you look like you've got money. So I've always dressed nice. Even if you don't like my clothes, I like my clothes and that's all that matters. Period. I'm comfortable in my skin, glory to God. So, so this man comes, all right, just ten, remember 10 to one. I just put 2,000 rand in that other person's hand. This man comes six, five rows behind me and puts 200 US dollars, wow. US dollars into my hands for the place that I'm heading to. And I'm thinking to myself, well, hallelujah. I just got back everything that I just gave away. Glory to God. All right. So then Dr. Rodney's there, Dr. Rodney Howard Brown. And I'd spoken to him the night before. And I just said, uh, you know, this was at the end of the service when I, my mouth was closed for four hours. How many of you know that his services lasted longer than the four hours? <laughs> I was sure that by the end of the night, I'd be able to, I just said to him, hey, I've applied to go to your Bible school, but nobody's got back to me. I never said anything. I said, I've applied. I haven't heard from anybody. He said, well, get on a plane and come. You're in. And that's it. All right. He knew nothing about where I was. So I put that, that there, the US dollars start coming in uh, uh, to replace what I just gave. Nobody, come on, you can't, you can't make this stuff up. I'm giving you where all of this started and has continued in our lives as a married couple. As soon as that happened, three minutes after that, Dr. Rodney said, where's that young man that wants to go to the Bible school? So here I am. He said, come here. So I went up and he said, your whole Bible school, somebody's just paid for your whole Bible school. And then he looked at me, he says, now all you have to do is trust God for your plane ticket. How did he know any of that? I'm on my way to Cape Town. I'm, I made a move to go to Cape Town, got in my car, I'm here, and now God's sending me back to America. And there's some other stuff in between that I don't have time for. But I go back to Johannesburg. I, get in my, I, get in my, I left my car in Cape Town, made a way for the car to get back there because now I've got to go to America. I've got to apply for, supernaturally. I go, get on the plane. I take the little bit of money, get on a plane ticket, get there. I tell my mom, listen, I'm going to America. I better prepare. I've got to go and get my visa, which visas took two or three weeks. I needed it in five days. I went to the, the US consulate. I got a call within four days, record 
breaking time. I get my visa for me to go to America. And I'm like, okay, God, you're not gonna give me a visa without paying for my plane ticket. Well, half of the story is when I landed, a lady in my mom's meetings came and said, hey, I see a son of yours that's called to the ministry and God told me to give him this and wrote out a check to my mom. Never met me, didn't know who I was. And my mom handed me a check for three and a half thousand rand. So that was half of my plane ticket at the time. So I'm like moving in what I call the gift of faith. And I'm like, thank you, Jesus. God, well, you're not gonna start a job and not finish it. Everything, all the, if you wanna, if you wanna call it, all the stars are lining up. There was a man in that conference that lived in Johannesburg, got back to Johannesburg, called and found my mom's number, came to the house and brought cash and said, the Lord told me to give you this cash. So I'm, this is at night. So I get this cash late at night. The Lord sent him to the ATM. The next morning, there's double the cash on the side of my pillow because when he left the house, God said, no, I told you to double it. He came back late that night. I was already asleep. My mom put the rest of it next to me. I had all the money. Everything now was in. My plane ticket money was all in. And then I had some debt at 21 years old. And I said, Lord, well, I've got this final debt that I need to pay to a, guess what? A retail store where I had clothes. (laughs) (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) You know, listen, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, are you with me? So I said, okay. And this is where my faith was. I was like, okay, it's gonna come in. And everybody in my whole family and my friends are witnessing the most supernatural thing. I said, it's gonna come in. So another text comes in on my phone. Hey, Mark, I've been trying to get a hold of your mother to come by my house. I have something for you. Uh, In fact, my mother dropped this envelope at my house six months ago and I forgot about it. God had my envelope waiting for me because if I got it in my hands, that thing would have been gone. So I get the envelope and it's exactly what I need to pay all of my debts. And I land, I get on a plane within seven days of God starting that miracle for me. I come to the United States and glory to God. You talk about the most happiest man on the planet. I was in the United States of America. McDonald's looked great. Everything just looked phenomenal. I was happy. I lived, I lived... (laughs) I lived, I lived in a very modest place to start out because I landed, knew nobody. I showed up at the conference and said, hey, I'm here with my suitcases and $200 to my name. So I went into this not so amazing neighbourhood where there were people with their boom boxes on their shoulders. But you know what? Let me just tell you something. My desk to study at Bible school, my desk at Bible school, I found a desk at Pastor Rodney's trash outside. They trashed a desk. I took the desk. It was a three-legged desk. And I brought the, the desk to where I was staying. They also got rid of partitions. I took the partitions because the house I was staying at had no wall for me. So I took the partitions, partitioned part of the house so that I could have privacy on a mattress on the floor with a three-legged desk. 
and bricks that I found outside to measure up to the height with a little piece of wood just to make it sort of level. And I was studying the Word of God on this little place in the middle of nowhere in the United States of America in the grace and the will of God and could never be more happy. And then I've got layer upon layer upon layer on, on the scriptural truth behind how God is no respecter of person and He can do it for anybody. And actually, I was in Bible school right in early 2000 and, and uh, you were there at the same time. We just somehow never connected. We were in the same building at the same time and we never got to meet each other. What's that? I remember you now. You were a young kid. That's it. Curly blonde hair. That's me. Well, I mean, it was sort of curly. Yeah, that's right. And my hair was longer. I had hair back then. And when I first got there, my hair was down to here too. Because I grew up in Cape Town. I was like a surfer dude that never surfed. (laughs) I I was a wannabe because my mother wouldn't let me surf. I had all the pictures, I had a surfboard, took it. She said, now don't go further past 50 feet in that water because of the sharks. Like we had like five shark attacks a year and she wouldn't let me, I can't understand why she didn't let me out in the water. And why the other parents let their kids who got eaten out in the water. I was very upset with my mother. (laughs) I was like 14 years old with a mother watching me with the surfboard. I'm like, geez, that's a little bit too much, you know. I'm like pretending I don't know. Who's that lady? I don't know that lady. All right. Come on, say this. God wants to barack me. He wants to bless me. So I'm not, this is not like, remember, I'm not sharing this stuff with you. I'm trying to say that these principles work for everybody. And this is just one story. The Lord, when I was coming to share, the Lord says, start with where you begin. And I haven't got into Acts chapter four properly like I want to. It doesn't matter. God's got, God's got it. Yeah, and, 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 and here's the motivation. I'm not asking you to sow into the offering this morning. Sow where the Lord tells you to sow. Be obedient to God. Your tithe belongs there, but don't, that's what you can sow here. All right, that's kind of where, where your roof is. That's where you, if this is your church, amen. Are you with me? But you be led in, in your giving everywhere else. There is scriptural backing for the anointing to give. Like the anointing moving on you to do things you wouldn't normally do. Let me tell you right now, I I believe we're gonna come into a dimension where cars are gonna be given away in a service. Land is gonna be given away in a service. I've seen it happen before and it's going to happen again. Do you know when it happened in the early church? In the greatest time of persecution where they were given death threats. And if we think, if we think, let me just tell you, persecution, I'm not, this is not, this is not me prophesying doom and gloom, but wake up church because I'm telling you, persecution is increasing on Christianity in the United States of America. 
and we're going to have to be all in or not in at all. Are you with me? But God has, God always makes a way, a supernatural way for the church. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right. Enough said. How many of you have been blessed today? Thank you for three of you. I'm, I'm sorry that I took the time that I did, uh, but we're going to move on.com right now. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead and take uh, another 20 minutes. This is, this is, a, is it on? Yeah, it's on. I saw a uh, 55-gallon drum. Is, is, that, is that big to anybody? It's big to me. I mean, no, I'm just asking. I'm, I'm waiting for a response. Is, that, is it 55 gallons of liquid a lot? Okay. Then you're on the right, you're on the right start, start here. The top was off, and you looked in, it was empty. There's a reason why it's empty. Because you haven't asked the Lord to fill it. The Lord said He would fill it. Now, it goes along with what He was saying. Whatever the Lord is, your gifting or your desire, your ministry, the Lord will fill this completely up to overflowing. But you have to start sowing, praying into this, you know, getting the mind of God, you know, and, and by faith asking and whatever you have to do naturally or whatever, you have to do that for it to fill. So it's your responsibility. The drum is sitting, I just saw it standing right here. The lid is off and it's empty. It's up to you. The Lord is making this offer to you that he will fill it. You ask according to his will. Amen. All right. Well, praise God, church. We love you. God bless you. Jesus is Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Go in peace and go enjoy in Jesus' name. Amen.